I'm Andrew O'Hagan, host of a new podcast from the London Review of Books. It's about the bloodiest and most controversial event of the Falklands War, the sinking of the General Belgrano. Margaret Thatcher was accused of a war crime. The truth would only emerge in the pages of a private diary. This is the Belgrano Diary. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Welcome to the London Review Bookshop podcast. To find out about our upcoming events, visit londonreviewbookshop.co.uk forward slash events. Hello and welcome um, everyone to this evening and what I hope um, and kind of guessing um, will be a really beautiful conversation between myself um, and Morgan Parker and you also audience at the end. Um, we will open up to audience questions. I'm really uh, excited uh, to speak to Morgan this evening. It was just even just really beautiful to get dressed for another woman uh, with a, I thought, oh, what would be, what would be a other people's comfort keeps me up at night playlist? Um, because I was quite rushed for time as well. I didn't have quite enough time to make that particular mixtape slash playlist. So I just went with the Spotify Jay-Z radio. I hope that's okay, Morgan. And and I just thought there's, and then pour myself a glass of wine. And there's just something about, well, there's more than something about Morgan and about Morgan's work that generates fun and getting readiness. And that's what I first fell in love with, I think, uh, about and with Morgan's work. So I'm very excited um, to, to speak to Morgan this evening. Um, I want to thank, first of all, uh, the London Review Bookshop uh, for creating this space for us to have this conversation um, and to celebrate the publication, the UK publication and the re-release of Morgan Parker's original debut collection, Other People's Comfort Keeps Me Up at Night. Um, so also thank you to Corsair Poetry um, and Little Brown Books. So I want to keep this conversation as informal as possible. I want there to be much wine drinking. If you haven't poured yourself a cup of whatever uh, you particularly love, please do. But I do want perhaps the only, I suppose, serious part of this uh, to be my uh, intro to Morgan um, because she deserves a proper introduction. So, Morgan Parker is a poet, an essayist and novelist. She is the author of the YA novel Who Put This Song On and the poetry collections Other People's Comfort Keeps Me Up At Night, There Are More Beautiful Things Than Beyonce and Magical Negro, which won the 2019 National Book Critic Circle Award she is the recipient of a National Endowment for the Arts Literature Fellowship, winner of a Pushcart Prize, and has been hailed by the New York Times as a dynamic craftsperson of considerable consequence to American poetry. And I would widen that to poetry full stop. Parker received her bachelor's in anthropology and creative writing from Columbia University and her MFA in poetry from NYU. She is a Carve Carnum graduate fellow whoop, whoop, and creator and host of the live talk show Reparations Live at the Ace Hotel. She co-creates Poets with Attitude, PWA, reading series with Tommy Pico. With Angel Nafis, she is the Other Black Girl Collective. Parker lives in Los Angeles with her dog, Shirley, and she is, most importantly, perhaps, a Sagittarius. <laughs> Um, it's my great pleasure to welcome Morgan Parker. Thank you so much, Rachel. And thanks to all of you. And I do hope you have your 
drinks um, on the other side. I don't, which is, I mean, I wouldn't. Really I, am. I feel shame if I did, but it's only because I have to do after this. <laughs> but I encourage during this entire event. Um, thank you so much for doing this with me, Rachel. I, I was just thinking the last time we did a reading together, you were a video and I really missed your presence. So I'm really happy that, you know, we can be live together. Yeah. Thank you, everyone. And I, I'm just really happy that this book is out in the UK. And I feel like it was just be, like through you and Jack and like students. So it had like its own little followings. So it's really nice now um, for it to be out and in bookshops and all that. So um, thank you to everyone who's been reading it from the get go. Lots of Jay-Z, lots of getting ready. I talk about, I do talk about this book a lot as like a house party, but it's like every room is full. Like there's a lot of noise and different music. And then also like in a room, someone's just crying. Like it's all a lot of different things happening. Um, so I do, I definitely feel that, um, that getting ready and like getting dressed up and the like public facing thing. Um, yeah, that, that's, that is the fun part of this book for me for sure. Okay, so this Real Housewives poem is, is actually a Sestina. And one thing I do when I'm like trying to learn forms is like try not to do them. Like I was so hesitant. I have like an assignment to do a Sestina and I was like, I'm not doing this. <laughs> but, and I really do think it's a terrible form and way too long, but turns out the Real Housewives already repeat themselves all the time. Mm -hmm. It's kind of wonderful to put it in a form because, you know, the, the repeated lines, it's happening anyway. So, yeah. Shout out to the Real Housewives. Real Housewife defends herself in front of a live studio audience. In response to Barbara from Florida, who doesn't love an educated mistress? We ladies know how to get airtime. They're fake, by the way. But I don't want to start drama. When she said that, I was just like, you're just jealous I have a hit song and new money just wants to be newer money. I love to go out for cocktails with the ladies when I get lonely in this big house, fake a buzz, sit back and watch the drama unfold. Are you jealous of my yacht or are you jealous of my husband? I married for money. I mean, love. Queens of suburbia, we are the ladies you want to be. Our cheeks aren't fake just enhanced, valleys where fingers dramatically brush away straightened hair. We eat drama out of the tabloids for dinner, take jealousy under our tongues with Pinot Grigio. Money can buy class, nannies, diamond rocks to love and die for. To behave like a lady is to restrain oneself from pulling fake hair extensions out of the head of a fake ass bitch. And for that matter, any drama in the parking lot of a banquet hall, any jealous glasses sent into orbit. Remember that money is security, a hairless cat to hold and love, to use, to want more of. Ladies, we look damn good spending it. Ladies, this makes us powerful. Listen, just fake an orgasm if you need to with a few dramatic moans. You're here to make other husbands jealous. Take a look at this rack. You think my money came from God? Keep a vague idea of love in the breast pocket of your fake fur coat. By love, I mean a cul-de-sac without drama, a weekend away, how money makes you feel down there. Do you feel it yet, ladies? Are you jealous? Okay. Man, my 20s were hectic. Um, this poem actually, uh, it used to be maybe a sonnet or even shorter than that, maybe 10 lines. And I, I brought it into my workshop with the wonderful and weird Charles Simic, who was like, this needs to be longer. I think you need to like go out and have some more nights out <laughs> and make this poem longer. And that is exactly what I did. Um, how to piss in public and maintain femininity. Is the name of a course I am teaching now 
in church gardens downtown and under SUVs in LA after a club with a name I do not remember, just like Queens last night, which was a trip. So I walked off the strangeness for over an hour before I called you, which I now know was ill-advised, but at the moment felt inevitable. What with the martinis and the way I want what I want, regardless of social etiquette, and the way I am ashamed of my unconscious, by which I mean I never fucking learned my lesson. I say everything out loud. I am always thinking of sex and sleeping with no room left in the bed. I am always thinking of sex or theorizing about sports and board games and how they are the reason I am alone. A soldier always thinking of these differences. Tiny birds line the sidewalk in front of my building or someone comes into bed with me and we get a good night's sleep while the alarm clock glows in another direction. Somewhere we are honest. I cry and it makes me sleepy, turns grass into a lighter shade of brown. The small difference between think and touch. Black music is not a folk tale. It is a rounded coffee pot this morning. You are well-versed in deceit. Sometimes I forget I have tattoos. I pretend things are simple, but I do this for your benefit. Watch Nick suck on the pit of an avocado as if this is what we have been waiting for. When I think I hear wind chimes, it is only a car alarm. When I say I will write you, it stands for something else. Matthew McConaughey, is that you in my bed? But you are not singing. You understand there will be mourning. There will be a silly war. And I'm like, boy, how did you get in my bed and why aren't you singing? I remember everything, especially the way you never let me speak. What is off key will wake me up in the morning. When I say I will write you, you represent something else and larger. In the morning, I feel my stomach. I press into its edges and experiment with control. I wake up before I see who wins me back. Continuing with my like craft discussion about this book. Um, I've had a lot, many years to like reflect on it. So, you know, um, the Miss Black America poems that I, I know um, Rachel had mentioned. These there's several separate poems in the book uh, right now, but it started as one long poem that I then kind of split off and um yeah, so if that's, I don't know. I don't know if there are writers here, but sometimes that's interesting. All right. Yeah, I'll do this one and then we can talk. Miss Black America. Does she grind slow on back when harmonies? Went at boys to men high notes or mosh pit in shit kickers? Is she a flower in your mind? Is she bootylicious? Did her mama say there'd be days like this? Is she rhythm or blues? Billy or Billie Jean? Do the white boys back it up? Are their mothers terrified? Thanks, y'all. Thank you, Morgan, so much. You know, as you're reading uh, twice, uh, the little there's like a little box that pops up like are you trying to talk you are muted because I laughed so many times and it was like and then I did the poet kind of like mm, the lines that like, are you trying to talk you are muted <laughs> story of my life if I didn't write thank you for that read. I, I literally am like why am I even here I could just listen to you read all evening really I could and I would love to if you were up for it like keep threading in poems throughout our conversation because also the way that you read is so the energy of the poems as well. And I know that might sound obvious to, to some people and poets, but there are lots of poets who can't or don't deliver their work in the, in the same energy and the same energy level, I think, that, that the energy register that the poems are in. And you so do. If anything, you accelerate them more. Right. Um, Funny, you know, um, and I don't know if you know Tommy, but we're all pressmates now. But um, I would love to. <laughs> I, I don't know why you're not out here like hanging out with us, but um, that was that really is um, why we started our reading series is because we realized that like not all poets treat it in the same way. You know, like they think of reading it out loud as a separate 
kind of part of their poetics. And Tommy and I, you know, our, our thing is always like, read it like you wrote it, <laughs> you know, like sometimes it sounds like people like you just found this piece of paper on the ground. Have you read these words before? <laughs> like, it sounds like you've never heard these words, you know? Um, and I, I think that it's something that I might not have thought about before hmm. speaking to him about it when we're realizing like, oh yeah, for us, this is an important part of our practice. And that also becomes an important part of our community, you know, and our basically our thing was like, let's get all the people who like, like reading and like are good at it and like feel like it's part of their work, get all those people together, you know, um, instead of having, you know, maybe one of us and then a bunch of people who are like, <laughs> um, I, because I do think it's a particular type of poetics, I suppose, or, or just like a, a different way of experiencing poetry as both a writer and a reader, I think, because there is like a, a ghost energy in the poems. You know, if you're thinking about them in that performative way, as well as on the page, there's something new that can happen, like this like third genre, <laughs> you know? How is it, how which probably brings me to my first question, how is it? What is it like to you, Morgan, to re-release your debut collection while still in and because that also means rereading the collection, rereading it in in a new way as well. It's not like you don't probably read these poems anymore, but rereading the whole collection in a new way, to sit with the poems to and to stand by them as well. Um because I was first introduced to your to your work through other people's comfort, the the US uh, version, the switchback. Um, by Jack Underwood, who at the time uh, really had his finger at what it felt like, really had his finger on the pulse of like what, like really kind of cutting edge, like real new voices um, coming out of the US. And I loved that. And he brought your book along to some sessions that we used to do in the pub. Um, me and a few uh, other poets, Raymond Anchibus, uh, Keith Jarrett, and, and he bought your book and it completely changed like how I write the 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 irreverence, the fuck you-ness about it, the fuck meanness about it. Uh, you said like my my twenties were messy. Day, <laughs> I was in my late twenties then. Was I? I think I like to think I was. I don't know if I was, but it was still messy. It was the messiness was continuous. And I love, and I just, I, I can fell in love with your voice um, and and all the things you do. But that was 2015. What is that like to re-release a book? Is it 2021 now? Is it, I think, the, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> but it's, that's, that's a significant, or a considerable amount of time. What is it like? What's it, it like for you? I will say it's really weird. And I, I like, kind of went back and forth on whether or not I wanted to do it. I'm like, it sounds great to everyone else, but, like, the other thing is that I have not, I haven't been, like, a poet. I only just kind of found out what I'm doing when I wrote this book. Like some of the very first poems that I ever wrote are in this book. I didn't start writing poetry until college and legit, it really was like, here's an assignment to do this. And I was like, how can I not do the assignment? I just write something dumb. Like I literally was reading the poems at parties, you know, like it was really all about punchlines. But like, how funny is it if I write like about this sloppy night, but in iambic pentameter, you know, and like, so that was just kind of, I mean, honestly, play. So I never was thinking about these poems being, you know, I mean, I wasn't thinking about them being a, a book at all. And so to think about them, you know, kind of like sticking around through my career and, and acting as this kind of like defining, you know, representation. It is really weird. I mean, I can't stand by most of the shit that my 19, 20 year old self is, was feeling, but it is also, and, and, you know, at the risk of sounding like a humongous narcissist, but it is interesting. I'm interested in like looking at my own psychology <laughs> And our cultural psychology alongside it, there's a lot that has changed in this country since those poems were written and it shows, you know, <laughs> and I think that like, I couldn't have written this book now. Yeah. I don't think that, that I, I feel like 
attentions are in different places and I didn't, there's a, there's a lightness also that the, in this book that I don't think I'm, I'm able to access anymore. It's also, yeah, I don't know. It's weird. It's like, I don't watch the Real Housewives anymore and, and I'm still reading these, you know? Um, but for the most part, what is interesting to me is seeing the shit that I did not know I was doing that I now know I'm doing. And like, you know, teach and, and, and lecture about, like, I guess like backtracking and also seeing like what remained and what parts were, what parts were just like impulses. I can look now and and remember, like, I don't know what I was doing here, but I was just like going with it. And seeing that is surprising because out of all my books, you know, this is the one that I overthought the less, the least, you know, but it began because I wasn't preparing these poems for, you know, a wide audiences. And even when I put it out, I mean, I was putting out with a small independent publisher, you know, like no one knew who the fuck I am. So I really wasn't expecting a like international hands on, on these poems. So it, it, it did force me to like, have a thought about that and like let go some any kind of egoness. Uh I am still yet and remain as ever single. So it's kinda like, well, I'm not gonna be like looking cute, you know, like best foot forward. Here's a representation of me. You know, so that that part is uh, kind of a bummer, but that's just like society. <laughs> that's not on me, <laughs> you know. Um I've grown, but also only a little bit. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, and even the soundtrack and, and going back through like that roulette is not a thing anymore for loco, like all kinds of weird stuff that is very of the moment. It is worth looking back at those things and also recognizing my connection to those things. And a person's connection to pop culture changes, obviously, like my connection to pop culture was so different when I'm in my early 20s, you know. Um, not to mention being in New York City versus being in L.A. And a lot of so there are a lot of differences about how I interact with the world. But there are fewer differences in how my mind works, I think. Does that make sense? I feel like I'm, I can see. I can see like how I got from here to where I am now. And I think it's weird to do that. Like, I'm not dead. You know what I mean? Like, it hasn't been that long. But I do feel like, you know, it's interesting to track one's own, I guess, development. Like, what was always there? You know, um, I'm so, so, so grateful to Denez for writing such an uh, amazing intro for this this new release they asked me to do it and I was just like you guys like I just I'm also writing a nonfiction book right now so I'm like I can't I have nothing else to say about myself (laughs) I have I have rifled every emotion (laughs) what more can I say about me (laughs) so I was really really happy to have that other perspective but and also thinking about Janez is someone that has been in my community throughout this time and my work has changed because theirs has also. Mm-hmm. And seeing the way that they kind of broke it down from, from book to book, I, I, that only happened because we were all in, in community, you know? And, and I think that there's, yeah, it was just really special to kind of see that. Um, and also to hear from a dear friend and, and um, like hero poet what they saw in the early work that is that is pushing forward and that helps me to understand what the possibilities are in the future you know like if you're looking back and thinking oh that's interesting I was thinking about this I was I was exploring this now I'm moving here what else is there you know like what what other grounds can I cover and what other kinds of weird voices can I use while I'm doing that you know um but yeah I I always um I've always been interested in folks has collected works and I want to say it's like it might be Plath or or Sexton one of them has in there collected like poems they wrote at like 15 or something and I don't see that a lot but I, I I'm charmed by that and I I like that you can see it's like you can kind of see the sparks of yeah of what will you know and it's 
cool to see the things that drop off and, and the things that remain and honest, I mean, not to be like, <laughs> but like how I've improved, you know, and like what, what, what has changed after I read X, Y, and Z, you know, and, and all of those things. And especially for this book, I definitely can see the influences as like early influences and also just on the level of like, I don't know how to make a poem. So I'm going to, you know, like these were very much like, here's an assignment, write a Sestina. Here's an assignment, write a poem that is like an imitation of this writer, you know? So I'm going through all of those, like find your voice activities in this. And so it is cool to think about it that way of like, mm -hmm. this is a playground where I was just like, let me try a bunch of stuff. And what 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 of those I then came back to and, and how I, you know, dug into them later. Yeah, that that sort of thing is interesting to me. But I do feel like it's it's the most it's the weirdest maybe book for me because huh. there were a lot of there's a lot of I mean, it's more. Yeah, I think it's like less concerned with obviously it's less concerned with audience because I was like. <laughs> There is none, you know, but there is there's a way that like there's so many abstractions where I'm like, I don't even know what that means. Like I was really just like, whatever, it's college. Let's like, you know, write everything down and see what sounds good, you know, like and I can see, oh, I was working with that teacher or like, oh, I was reading this or and I was really excited by this and um, those sorts of things those kind of breadcrumbs that are left in the book, things I might've forgotten about, you know, like mm -hmm. different techniques that I was interested in that I forgot about, you know, those sorts of things. But yeah, it has been weird and sort of embarrassing. <laughs> I thought it would be, and it, it's not as embarrassing as as I thought, you know, because like, yeah, turns please, out, one thing I'm thinking is, I find it very interesting, like this is Zadie Smith says it uh, quite a bit about white teeth. Like if anyone yeah. brings up white teeth, she's like, guys, just fucking shut up. But she would just tell <laughs> more. She wouldn't swear. I don't know that I've heard her swear in interviews, but she might. But she's very much like, can we not talk about white teeth? But I'm like, no, Zadie, please. I love white teeth. Like, please can we talk about white teeth more? So there's something about us as, as artists, I think, that 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 can be a little bit like, yeah. I can I can see the flaws. But the reader, well, not even flaws, but I can see the yeah. earliness of it. Yeah, okay? yeah. Just in the same way that we might look at our own behavior in our early 20s and be like, mm -hmm. totally. I shouldn't have done that. But and knowing that it's not a flaw, though, like that's the hard part, right? Because of the yeah. way that we think about writing is like, we go to school, people are like, teach me how to write. But like, we think that that's a thing. It's not a thing. But like, you know, like it's our, it still just kind of lives and breathes with us but we think of it as something to be perfected, right? So mm -hmm. it feels like, I mean, obviously if I could write this over again, it wouldn't be the same, you know? So, so that's that's where it feels weird because it's like, this is not a representation of who I am right now today, but it doesn't mean that it is flawed in its, you know what I mean? Like, I don't think it's like still like, these are my best poems, but I, I think that, it's its own thing, you know what I mean? And and it should remain as its own thing. But it's but it is a lot to ask to be like, you know, stand by this as if you wrote it last year. You know what yeah, I mean? I, I imagine that's super hard. And I, I suffer with suffer with as if well, I suppose, but like with 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 shame a lot or like that if something is that happened before and I'm like like running the opposite right. direction. So I would find it so I and thank you just for being so so freaking honest about that but that's also big to be like oh like it's it's weird like yourself like six years ago to be confronted with her mm -hmm. again yeah um, Daenerys actually the introduction is beautiful I, I think like I, cry. <laughs> I just cry oh there's so many interesting things. Like, I think we could have a whole conversation on the intro. I know. Denez is kind of like, like knocking at in that intro. Yeah. Is I even feel like they have truncated it slightly. Maybe like they. There's a lot. Like, in its in itself. I could never 
come to a lot of those conclusions, you know, like some of it kind of, but not all of it. And that, and that is super exciting. So in the, I guess, you know, it, it is embarrassing in its way, but like, can I even feel embarrassment anymore at this point? I don't know. Like, the, the, like technically it's embarrassing. But, but I already but, know, you know um, it also is like, like you love this. I don't know. I think it's a, it is a gift because it is like who doesn't want like a retrospective early, you know, like that. Fe- and to be able to do that, especially with readers and with colleagues, is really fun to think about like, where, where, you know, where we start, where are we going, uh, what has happened in this time. Yeah, it, it does kind of feel like I get to learn something no. new about these poems, which I didn't know could happen. Also, it's not uh, necessarily well, what I kind of try and push against. Is that it's not our responsibility as the artist to know what exa- exactly what we're doing with yeah, our work. Exactly. There's a, a Basquiat quote that always kind of comes to mind. You don't ask Miles. Davis, how his horn sounds, you just listen. Yep. So this whole thing that we need to be good performers of the work, that we also we need to like write the essays on them that they can then go into yeah. like, reviewers of our work. It's like sometimes I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. I'm just Exactly. I and just, that's love, good stuff. Play. Yeah, play. I love that you said that. Mm-hmm. So it's like playing around. But like serious play as well, because play is yeah. very serious. Totally, totally. Yeah, I know. I think about and I do think about these years, you know, when I'm like in grad school and just like sitting in my bed writing a real housewife Sestina all day and my one day off like that is that was my life, you know, like hella serious about it. But also what the fuck, you know, <laughs> and, and and I think it's true that those are the things that we forget. There is a seriousness now when I'm sitting down to write a poem. That just just because I've done it so many times. And I think it is really refreshing to, like, remember how much fun it was to just, like, play around and not expect anyone to read anything ever. You know, like, I don't have to give it to any kind of publisher. There's no deadline. I'm just going to play around and see what I might read at a party and people would find funny. You know, like that sort of it's helpful to be reminded of that, you know, and I, I think we could all take that, you know, because yeah, yeah, yeah. otherwise this stuff becomes so freaking serious doesn't yeah. it I wanted to talk about fun I wanted to talk about fun in the world there's so much ache I I at least I feel correct me if you think that's a wrong reading but I there's there's so much ache there's so much pointing to like oh this old wound and this one and this one <laughs> and the historical ones like yep. also you have the ability to be to play to have fun to be funny, to instill in me like a, a getting readiness, like mm. and, and used beautifully, and I'm going to think about that probably forever. But the house partiness. Do you have fun when you're writing? And then in the collection, what is the most fun? What's the po- what poem did you have most fun writing? Oh man, I want to know about fun because I'm, I'm taking it way too seriously lately. I need to know about fun. God, I know, right? I'm like. <laughs> The fact that I can go back to this after Magical Negro is like, oh, thank goodness. <laughs> like, holy moly. Thank you. Like, I don't think I breathed for two years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, let's see. Mm-hmm. What um, What was the other question you're asking? Fun in your work. I, I there is think. a big um, one thing I always try to do, especially when I'm writing about sad shit, is make myself laugh. Um, I just, and a lot of times those things come out because they're just like inside jokes, but you know, as I'm writing, I like to plop in things that will at least make me kind of like chuckle and smile because, because of like, I think so. I mean, yes and no. Sometimes it's for that reason. And other times it's just so that I don't get bored or, or slip into somebody else's idea of what writing should be. You know what I mean? Um, I think sometimes I like forget that I'm in charge of what the process is and that sometimes I'm allowed to just like tell myself a joke. Like there's no one else here in the room. <laughs> like I can just say something funny to myself um, and uh, make the process interactive in that way for me, you know, because otherwise it gets really, really mean, really fast. So for me, it's just a matter of like, 
kind of calibrating the way that my mind is allowed to bully myself, you know, about the work because I have a tendency to do that, but I also know that I can't make any good work when I'm doing that. So a lot of my writing process is that balance of like, okay, get out of your head, play a little bit. I know you want to write a good thing and like, you want it to be perfect, but relax. So it it is, yeah, I, I do find myself kind of trying to move around that line when I'm writing, which is where the play comes in and, and often where like somebody else will come in, like Diana Ross or whomever, you know, is when it's like, it's too much this, like somebody else, you know? Okay. Amazing. Oh, do we talk about Diana Ross and, and, and other celebrities? Actually, <laughs> Diana would say like a Naomi Campbell, like I'm not a celebrity. I'm a super you know it's like I'm not a celebrity anyway we'll come to like we'll come to famous people that appear in in the collection hopefully which poem is the poem that you most fun writing uh one thing about this book the fun ones are fun because I get to I got to read them so I I never I mean I did more readings than I don't even know. Like, that was really my way of getting out there. I was just, like, doing whatever readings. There were all kinds of reading series in New York. Cause there's there's a few MFA programs there. So there's all these different poets at different universities. And then there's all these kind of, like, MFA reading series where we all meet each other. <laughs> Lots mm-hmm. of opportunities, just bars, bookstores, whatever. I feel like I was doing every gig. And I think that's another reason why performing became so important to how I write and you know joke telling I love a, I love a punchline I'm not going to stand in front of people and like go to sleep and make everyone else go to sleep you know like it, it there is something to that and and that became part of how I introduce my work to the world so thinking about that and thinking about this kind of like Jay-Z era of me of like I can make a mixtape my own damn self you know like that <laughs> really is this era and is this book like the book has an attitude that needs to be performed you know um so i when i think about these poems i think about audiences like i think about particular cramped bars and like looking at all these people just laughing you know and and surprised to be laughing at a poetry reading (laughs) you know I, i i yeah and even um my dear pal Sharif Shanahan, who if you folks don't know uh, his work, you should get into it. He has made me read uh, the real, the real world poems in so many bars and just on trains to strangers. Like Morgan, will you read this one out loud? You must read it to this crowd. <laughs> so that sort of thing, and that is something that like you don't expect that to happen if you're writing poems. You know what I mean? But for it to become this, like, yeah, I don't know that that I think about that with this book that carries through to like Matt, you know, like a Matt poem. It's the it's that sort of that quality of my work is like the fun part for me. And yeah, I think these that one, the um, yeah, that the real world boys, 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 those are all fun. But the, the it is because it's like, oh, there's a cool punchline I get to say. Boys, 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 I dropped a mic once. You shouldn't do that. I broke it and I felt very bad. So, like, it was cool. And then I was like, oh, my God, I'm sorry. Like, it wasn't cool anymore. Which boys, boys, boys. Will you read us one? Will you read us one that feels the most fun even right now? <laughs> I love the laugh of voice. I'm just like looking at these last lines, like Morgan, motherfuckers better duck. Like, I just, okay, I didn't give any shits at all. Uh, boys, boys, boys. After Daisy, got homies in the deep south and two parts of Newark. Bartenders in the East Village and West. White walled bedrooms, their mama's cribs. Writing love letters, blowing up my cell, making promises sweet as B-sides to take me to Saint-Tropez to jump when my drink looks low. In California, the dudes are so cute, they're stupid. Smash natties on the sides of their skulls. Get me high in back seats and the corners of suburban house parties. 
For years, I've been scattering them. Blue-eyed men coloring one side of the sun. Long-haired guys sweaty with trouble. Hustlers with shiny rims for teeth running always from wild plants and police. Applicants without extensive dicks and cash flows need to sit the fuck down. Everyone else, you all right. Except I'll expect you to change for me. I know you won't. I whisper to every boy every morning while he snores stiff and hairy in my bed. I'll take whatever, but new kicks better be so fly I lose my breath. The wanting more can make a sister crazy. So I settle for free shit. Trade you digits for dinner and treat this like the business it is. I can make a mixtape my own damn self. 
always say like, no, I don't write for, and that, but I do, but I don't, I don't write to impress. I don't write to give the people what they want, but I'm thinking about, you know, where the poems are going and what world they're responding to. The poems don't live without me and I interact with people. You know what I mean? So it's, there's no way to separate humanity and, and personhood from the poems themselves anyway. You know, even if it's something that's going to remain a draft in my computer, there's still going to be some kind of interaction with the outside world. And that kind of goes back to my, just like my beliefs about, you know, including pop culture and, you know, timelessness and all of that bullshit. And so I do think, you know, and the more I, you know, saw me if I get heady, actually don't, but like, as I, you know, <laughs> et cetera, it really is like, that is how could a, a person of color write without thinking about audience? Everything is filtered through a colonial brain. No, I mean, pretty sure like that is in everyone's um, psychology that has had to interact in under colonialism. You know, like, I think that there is a natural way that we have it. Well, double consciousness, triple consciousness, um, all these different awarenesses that we're working with. So I, I wouldn't even think of it as audience so much as that sort of knowing that peeping game is about understanding that when we all look at each other, we're seeing specific things. Does that make mm. sense? To me, yeah. yeah. Like I, the, no one's going to. No, yeah. Like no one's going to interact with the poems outside of like me being the poet, you know what I mean? Like, and, and that will give them an impression no matter what. Whether or not they can admit that, you know what I mean? Like, just the fact that the poems came out of this particular body will um, have some bearing on how they are read. And I'm not mm -hmm. doing anything about that. You know what I mean? Like, that is already going to happen. So for me, it just becomes using that as a poetic technique, knowing what expectations are so that I can intentionally, you know, subvert them pointedly. I love, I love, I love that. This opens up so much more for me. Like, and I want to ask you so much about, like, because if if we, in our understanding of ourselves, are constantly in flux, and if say that you in your body, the, but the places that you move between, you would also change. Therefore, how the audience reads you will change. Yes. Then I'm thinking actually that in your work, like how things might change line to line. Like sometimes I feel like you're winking at me. And then kind of closing the door on someone else, but another that that keeps that's in constant flux. Yes. Yeah. And also, I mean, in one poem, you can speak so many different like registers and languages. And by language, I also mean like, I guess, like vernaculars. Yeah. So there is a way where it can be like, I say something to you, I say something to Jack over here, I say something to my mom, you know, and it's all in different we can all be in the same room. You know, but they can all have slightly different uh, tonal, you know, and like, um, yeah, like little private. I mean, that's intimacy, right? Like having a particular kind of voice that is. Yeah. I mean, I think about I always teach um, Frank O'Hara's essay on personism, which is basically he's like, you know, just write a letter to a friend and that's poems, you know, like that is about maintaining this kind of like one-to-one -one intimacy in writing, whether or not it's actually going to that person or actually going to audiences. The idea of poetry being an intimate conversation is something that definitely like drives how and why I write. I love that, which brings, which brings me always perfectly as if Jack is a mutual friend and knows what this is but so Jack Jack Underwood says what's next for your poetic do you think Morgan and are you finding other new strategies to give you that sense of permission and play in true Jack style it's a free it's a free, it's a fork of a question is that something is that something you think about in advance what do you what do, you, what do you make of this book? It's, man, you know, I think actually, yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm working on nonfiction right now. I'm working on a 
movie script, which is fucking terrible. So I'm not, like, actively working on poems right now. So poems have become fun for me again. <laughs> like, poems are the thing I do when I'm, like, rebelling against all the other shit I'm supposed to be doing. So I think that is um, bringing me back, you know, from the depths of Magical Negro back around to here in this sense of let me use poetry as the place where I can actually just like no one's looking and I can do whatever, you know. Um, so I do think that there's more fun for me in the poetic process there. Really, I mean, maintaining fun as you continue to be a writer is just like, okay, this used to be fun. Now it's my job. Like, how do I, you know, like, how do I hold on? And I, for me, that is just like doing different kinds of projects so that I can fall out of love with one and return to the other, I guess. I don't know. Um, but I am finding other genres have so many rules. And so... Poetry is more fun to me than ever because, you know, linear sentences and act one, act two, act three, all of that is like so constraining to me. So I do think and I, I kind of in my mind had assumed that I would go from Magical Negro to something very, very different in mood. And actually, <laughs> Danez spoke to me about this while they were working on Homie, Don't Call Us Dead, their last collection was like pretty heavy. And then they were working on Homie. And I had just put out They're More Beautiful Things Than Beyonce and was about to put out my heavy shit. And we were like, we got to like cycle back and forth. And I remember Danette's being like, right after this, I'm only writing about joy. Like, this is what we're doing, you know? And I think that in a sense, after Magical Negro, I kind of could only come back around to like feeling a little bit more lightness in poems. And so I do, I do, I don't know. I kind of assume that that is where my poems will go, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I, I would like that because it's harder to make jokes in nonfiction, but um, <laughs> yeah, it's like hard to make jokes about theory uh, in sentences. <laughs> like I'm I'm out here changing registers in sentences and editors are not digging it. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, poetry, yeah, it allows for play much more than everything else. And I do think I that. Know, uh, I remember you said that when, so when we last saw each other in London, they, like, I love that I can say multiple things at once or I yeah. can have one line and then completely change like my point of view with a, with a, with a line break. Yes. Like I need that. <laughs> like I need that escape plan. I don't. I don't like to feel stuck in. Huh. I like to be able to rearticulate and mm -hmm. unarticulate, mm -hmm. and um, you know, just kind of like roll around in the words. And I love that. Yeah. maybe you're making me think. Like poetry is maybe. Well, I don't know. I'm mad biased, but like the only form that allows this uncertainty that I think. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like I don't freaking know, or I thought I did, and now I don't know in the next one. And you do, you do do that so much. You like, there's so much like contradiction and play, and is it this, or actually is it this? And which feels more honest to me in mm -hmm. terms of like my experience in the world. Like I don't know if people are walking around with like certainties, but I I remain question marks all over the place. You know the things I'm certain about. I'm willing to be, you know, surprised. And, like, I'm sorry. I'm a black American. Like, shit is crazy every day. Who knows? Who knows? Who am I to, you know what I mean? Like, be certain. It is freeing, I think, precisely because we think about language too often as this, like, constraint or box instead of putty, you know? Um, mm -hmm. And poetry lets us do that. I love that. I'm going to ask you um, one more question from uh, Jamie. Oh, I love and it's a brilliant poem. Um, and then I would love you to finish on a poem, if that's okay. And if everyone else is okay to hold on for a couple more minutes, because uh, we did start that a little bit late as well. But also I'm using it as an excuse, because basically if Morgan and I were left our devices, this thing would be going on too. Oh, yeah, this would be a whole situation. <laughs> <laughs> and, be like, and another thing, um, which is a beautiful thing about you and your work, um, so Jane says, were you tempted, and it was a question I wondered as well, were you tempted to cut any poems or change the running order in other people's comfort keeps me up at night for this UK edition? 
I think it's a good question, one I wondered about. I did answer. Yes. Oh, did you? <laughs> not, did it work? I, yes. Well, my, but this, this was like me coming to terms with that, like, is it like, is this embarrassing sort of thing? You know, like that was the beginning where I'm like, uh oh, maybe I have to write like, maybe I have to update all of them or I have to write like, maybe by, maybe the intro is like a companion where I'm like, basically like talking about the poems and like, I don't know. I, I, I really was like, is there a way that me, this poet today, interrupts that you know like do I add more poems do I edit them do I you know do I reorder all of those things and the idea of it just became so impossible you know like if and like I said if I were to go back and cut some poems or edit poems or whatever it would have been just a whole new book so I kind Mm -hmm. of had to come to a point where I just decided like no I'm not going to do any of that. I, I just want even because I know myself. And if I got started even on one, it would have just been a disaster. So but it was it was really, really hard for me to do that. And that was part of like just kind of coming to terms with like, listen, this is a book that existed. I, I was very young when I wrote these poems. I still love them. There's so much to love about them. They still can teach people things. But like, you know, I'm growner like P.S. You know? it, it is. Yeah. So it was hard to resist that. But obviously, like, duh, like if we could and I would do that with any book, like if I could go back to any of my books, there would be changes that I could make, you know. And I mean, if you could go back to age 21, what would you change about what you said? I mean, (laughs) so it's it's really like too big of a task, actually. (laughs) Also, I don't know how to edit these poems anymore. You know, like that was something that I realized. Like, I don't know what the impetus behind some of these poems was and and anytime there's like a guy I'm talking about I'm like I don't know who the fuck that was I'd never know like it's never anyone important so I'm like what were these feelings about I don't know um what is this image rooted in I'm not sure like I'm I'm so far away from them that I mean a different bitch wrote these poems you know it was me as a version of me but I haven't seen her in a long time. <laughs> I love it, and I'm I'm so excited also for you for us all, like to like how much longer this goes on. You know, like when like that you're a really old woman. You know what? It was so hot, actually. You know, like why did I say this? I worry. Like I wonder, like what happens with the collection that far down the line. Right. I'm I'm gonna ask like some aging rappers like how it feels. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. Morgan, please um kind of see us out. First of all, I'll do the thanks so that you have the last word as you should for your celebration of a an incredible book that absolutely just makes my life easier as well because the amount of times I recommended this book and then people had to go get it from the US and like, you know. I know that's why it's re-released, purely for my uh, recommended convenience. Obviously. But okay, I joke. Um, I would like to say, just so that I do all of the thanks and then and then uh, for you to read, um, I would like to thank the London Review Bookshop um, and for, the, for this space, as I said in the beginning, for Little Brown, because they're poetry for re-releasing this classic. I would like to thank the audience uh, for being here this evening um, and... Morgan, freaking being you and writing the way you do. Do you have any requests or does anyone? Ooh, yeah, please. If anyone has any requests, please put it in the chat now. You have to be really quick. Do, do, do. I'm probably putting my money in this poetry jukebox. <laughs> I just want to like give you what you want. <laughs> if you want to hear something, I want to read it for you. I don't know. Is, is there anyone forthcoming? Otherwise, I would love you to read the poem for you that feels most this collection mm, okay all right I guess maybe real world let me just okay I'm gonna read two short ones okay this one is just called poem I know it takes seven years for ourselves to change so I started last Thursday The train was pregnant with stillness and groceries. So do you know what I thought? I wondered. And then I thought I would be sick 
but the sound of your feet against hardwood coming to sweep up twisted spine with that thing you always say and the way you always say it. You say, you'll get it right next time, thinking it's my fault. So I read some June Jordan poems, caught you hiding in the margins, begging to be swallowed, got off two stops early, nauseous. Later that night, I'm so anxious. I knit two rows of a scarf. It's so ugly, I fall asleep. Young, sassy, and black. I use these words to distract you. Thank you, everyone. I love you so much. Thanks for listening. To find out more about London Review Bookshop events, visit londonreviewbookshop.co.uk forward slash events. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.